Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode we bring glaze insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this week's episode we're joined by Tomas Atul who's a participant in the Chocolate Spider Farm Sheep Programme. Tomas is joined in this episode by Sheep Specialist Damien Coslow. Tomas is farming in my yard just outside the Clifton and County Galway and runs a split lowland and hill flock as well as a suckler to weaning system. We start off with Tomas giving us a bit of more detail about each of these systems. We discussed the changes in his flock over the past number of years and his decision around two separate sheep enterprises, his breeding decisions and the progress and challenges he's encountered on the way. We move on to discuss the move away from selling store lambs to finishing all lambs on the farm and his reasons for doing so. Damien explains to us how this suits Tomas's farm but has limitations for others. With later hill lambs housed in October, we discussed the indoor finishing period of these and how Tomas feels is delivering a greater margin for his system. We finish up with Damien highlighting the need for regular drafting and assessing fat cover on these type of lambs during an intensive finishing period. We start off, however, with Tomas giving us a bit of background to his farm and the system he's running. So I'm farming in the uh, west coast of Ireland uh, in Connemara, um, just uh, on the outskirts of Clifton. Um, we have uh, a lowland sheep flock, a hill flock and a suckler system. Um, so around the farm here, we run all the lowland um, sheep. Uh, basically, there's around nine hectares of lowland around the farm. Um, then the cows are a little bit away from that. They are on a, a kind of leased, little bit of leased land. And then the hill hill sheep are on a commonage and enclosed uh, hilly type ground um, on an out farm. Um, so the three systems are kind of running in the, separately all together. You've kind of three separate blocks running there at the one time. And yeah. The home farm does go back on to some hill ground as well. It does, yeah. It goes back on to a little bit of the same. It's kind of, well, I suppose it's, yeah, it's, it's an enclosed private hill, um, which allows me to dry off yours on it and, and dry off the cows on it as well, as needed. Look, the system's gone through a bit of change in the last couple of years. I suppose the suckler one has remained pretty much stable. That's the suckler to weaning system. So maybe just give me a run through the sheep system. You have a hill and a lowland system, and they've changed a wee bit over the last number of years. Yeah, well, the, when I when I joined up with the Better Farm Program, one of the things that we we, we hit straight away was was splitting up the hill and lowland because they were all running together as one system. Um, and obviously, it wasn't very cost effective for the hill sheep to be looked after as well as the lowland. And I wasn't utilizing my my hill at all really i was only using it for really drying off the o's um so it's it, it's since then we've split them up completely and then we're running them as two individual um flocks they don't ever really cross over at all um and they kind of have their own ground so they don't need to to be using each other's ground if that makes sense um and it's work it's working very well actually because obviously the hill yo's are being you are using the commonage and using that lower um, inner ground as well um, a lot more now and the fact that we've split it up and we got the soil management side of things right um, and improved it a bit we're getting more grazing period out of it so it's helping a lot so what was in that flock originally so they were mixed they were doing a lot it was essentially running more or less as a lowland flock was it I, I, I yeah it would have been yes it would have been it would have been running between the two places I guess um and we would, would have been traditionally still using the hill, but it would only for really be drying off sheep, you know, after weaning. Um, they wouldn't have been out there, you know, any longer than a month, month and a half, if, to be honest with you. And 
you you would have come up here for lambing time, you'd have your traditional blackface or your Lanark type you in with your lowland lambing down at the same time. Um, you know, so there was a mixture of lambs there running together, if that makes sense, you know, at, at the time of weaning. So, right, you split them flocks up, you're increasing numbers over the last number of years. Your lowland yeah. flock is an entirely separate enclosed flock to itself. You're not producing a replacement straight off the hill, are you? Yeah, well, I, I the, the lowland flock thing, what we did with that was we introduced bell clairs, obviously, for more proliferacy, and um, we're, we're moving forward with them now. We have a lot of them kept as replacements, um, so they'll be coming up as hobbits next year. Um, and then, obviously, what we would, would hope to in time, maybe, is that we might use the hill flock for replacements down the line, possibly introducing a, another type of ram to them when we have the numbers and the stock levels right. But at, at the moment, we're not... We're, we're not used. They're not inter. They're not in. You know, they're not interlinked at the moment. That, that makes sense. They're not being. They're not brought together at the moment because I'm just trying to get the numbers right. So more or less, I'm keeping all my old lambs on both flocks for the last couple of years just to get the numbers up. That's just what I want to ask you. Like your hill flock is running entirely. You're crossing them back to blackface to hold them to build yeah. them numbers. You're yeah. not. You're not doing any crossing really on the hill flock. Not at the moment. No. Now I hope to in the future that was one of the plans that we have in place but it's it's just not happening at the moment and I don't think it'll be long long away um, because the numbers are getting there that we're getting up there but it's just to maintain it and you know because obviously from a financial point of view I'd like to be able to sell you know surplus lands as well um, you know down the line but at the moment I haven't been able to do that so uh, on your hill it was, a, it was a traditional there was some land working it was a traditional Mio Connemara Flock, you've crossed back with Lanark now for the last couple of years on them mules. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, just you know, I've, I I actually like the Lanark, so um, I'd say now fifty percent of the flock or more would be more Lanark cross type mules. I suppose, Tomas, one of the challenges you faced over the last number of years, they were still spending a lot of time on the lowland ground, and as a result, they tended to go into mate in a very good condition. You tended to have a very high scan on that hill flock too. Has that pulled back slightly as you push the mules back more on the hill? Yeah, yeah, because even this year going to the Ram now, um, we could see the condition score of the yules was down a little bit. So, you know, at scanning time, we'd see the true results of that. Um, being Obviously, the yules spent a lot more time on the hill last year, so that would have brought their condition score down. Now, it wasn't bad or they weren't weak or anything like that, but it's just it was down over the past few years in, in regards to the last few years of them going to the Ram. I suppose what so that is. Just for that in context for our listeners, they were in exceptionally good condition every other year. They're back to more where you would expect a good yeah. condition hill flock yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it was you know, I suppose it would have been around the, the right the right um condition score for a traditional hill yo going to the round. Damien, I'm just gonna bring you in on this one. Like that was one of the challenges. You know, the O's, whereas you do want them in good condition going around, that higher scan, the more twins in it, they'll spend a lot more time on the low ground, which in some ways defeats your long-term purpose of getting that flock back to the hill. Yeah, that's right, Kieran. Yeah, and uh, as Tomas said there, um, I suppose the... the, the uh, they would have been particularly good uh, when we, when we took the condition score on the on the hill flock uh, for the last couple of years. They would have been particularly good, and this was reflected then in a, a very low burn rate uh, for 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 a hill flock. You know, to be it was less than five percent there a couple of years, uh, and also um, probably. <laughs> If it makes sense, a slightly higher number of, of twin uh, bearing yaws uh, for a hill flock system. Uh, but I think the fact that uh, 
with the numbers increasing and also with the the O's uh, spending a lot more time on the hill ground, um, if you like, it, it has corrected itself somewhat uh, this year uh, with a slight drop in, in condition. So it'll be interesting to see uh, a scanning time. Um, will this? It, we'd expect that it will be reflected in the scan that will be more typical of what you would associate with a, a hill flock. Just like we talk about scanning, Tomas, probably should have clarified this at the start, but the lowland flock is lambing slightly earlier. You're looking at what, early March on them? And then is yeah, it April? Early March, yeah, around the 10th of March. Um, I'm, I am consistently, well, trying to push it out all the time to trying to get it to Paddy's day, but um, just, I guess, with the way the grass was this year as well, and I was just, I suppose, a bit worried that it might have ran out on me in regards to when the ram was out. So, um we're going to be lambing down there around the 10th of March and then the hill will be around the 1st of April. Um, both, both flocks, now the ram is taken in now. Um, obviously the lowland was taken in beforehand but the, the hill is in now as well. So they'll, they'll be due for scanning now shortly. Just when you mentioned about grass on the back end, look, it's probably been a better back end for most of us this year but you've been kind of cognizant of that on the farm. You had more grass coming into the back end most years. It has had an impact on what you've done sales-wise with those lambs. So maybe if we start with the lowland flock first, a portion of them in previous years would have been sold as stores. A lot of the hill flock would. How is finishing gone this year for the lowland flock? Well, the lowland flock, um, everything, everything was killed um, in the lowland flock. Um, it was they were all factories. Now they, it allowed, with the utilization of the grass, it allowed me to run them longer on grass before introducing meal. Um, and their weights were, you know, even their weights were, were, were up there between 35 and 45 at, on grass before we even had to introduce meal, which was a, a massive bonus for the hill for the lowland flock. So it didn't take an awful lot to finish them. Um, they were fed outdoors and, and meal was introduced to them. The hill flock, they were very much a store system. It was your traditional, come August, they were sold off live. Yeah. You've moved away from that. You've gone yeah, finishing so, those um, lambs. Yeah, so on, on that, and then on the basis of that, then because obviously I had my lowland flock was was more or less the, the the they were finished and they were gone, so I then had a lot more grass here at home. So what I started doing then was obviously leaving them on the green ground on the on the hill farm for as long as I could, and then I brought them home here to finish off the bit of grass that we had around the farm, um, and then they went from the, whatever was was taken off that they were killed were killed off grass with a bit of meal and then the rest of them um, when I had to I, I had to house them and finish them off in the, in the shed um, just to make sure that I had enough grass for the ram for when the oats went with the ram like what else like okay you mentioned you more grass but what prompted that change okay you have the facility there to do it but what prompted the change from going for the store I guess, I guess it's just I suppose it's just tradition it was just tradition we 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 always we you know where we're located here I guess we're, you know, we're, we're probably the third, you know, one of the part, we're a fair old distance from any factory, you know, um, you know, so there's a bit of mileage involved. So it wasn't worth going to a, a factory every two weeks for 10 or 15 lambs. You know, you'd want to be going with 30 or 40 if you had them. So obviously there's a local, um, with the INHFA here, there's a local um, group that we, we that's come together. So they're going every week and we only have to go over, you know, 25 minutes over the road and there's a collection point. So there was a great opportunity there. They also have a light lamb group with that as well. So if you had lambs, definitely on the hill side of things that were, 
you know, around 15 kilos or, or excuse me, 30, 35 kilos or 34 kilos live weight with a bit of condition, you know, and they kill out around the 15 kilos or something like that. With good condition, you'll get paid a, a premium for that. Now, I didn't have many for that, but the option was still there. But that allowed me to to obviously be able to move, you know, small amounts of lambs every couple of weeks and not have to do a big journey, you know. Um, and plus the fact that I was in control of it. The most important thing is that you're in control. You're, you're monitoring those lambs regularly. You know, you're weighing them, you're checking them for condition score and, and whatnot. And um, and I, I just thought I was in more control. So you nearly knew exactly when they're going in, what you were going to get for them. You know, and I know it was a great year for lambs this year and the price in the factory was great as as it was in, as a store. But still, you could have, there's only one one or there's two marts here locally to me that you could go to, but you could have a, a great day one day and you could have a very bad day the following week. So I didn't like it. And again, going back over the years, if I if I went sat down and thought of it, I was probably losing money because I was just, you know, I was one of those kind of people. If I went to the market with lambs, I wasn't going to bring them home, you know, so that I didn't like. And so I was just going to take what I could get the best price I could get on the day. And I wasn't getting enough. It wasn't sufficing. It wasn't working out so um, when I sat down and put it all together. You have a, you have a greater potential margin out of your own system. And so that local group give you that opportunity to get them lambs it away. Did, yeah. Okay. So, you know, and I know people say like about feeding them. And oh God, you got to put in this and you got to put in that, you know, and you got to buy feed and whatever. And I understand that. But you're still, when you take the feed into it and what you're getting and what they're killing out at and what you're getting, you know, and I know there was a great price for lambs this year. It still paid me to do it. You know, when you work it out on a per head basis, how many bags they may have eaten or whatever, you know, kilo wise, it, it still worked out that I was making money when you take even when you take the feed out of it and utilizing the grass to its potential there, you know. So and as you progressed, you know, um, them lambs obviously went into the shed at some point. When did you house them for more intensive feeding? Um, th- they were housed uh, where we're now in December. So the last bunch would have been housed, I guess, um, probably towards the end of mid to end of October, um, just as when, when my ram was going out, just so I had enough grass for the oats. Like Damien, just to bring you back at this one, it's not a system for everyone, but Tomas has the facility in the shed to do it, and he had the grass to carry them. I suppose the starting weight there of the type of lamb he was working with had a big impact on that. Absolutely, Karen. Yeah, <clears throat> as as you as you rightly say, there it's it's not a system that suits everybody. Um, you know, the first thing people uh, like Tomas need to consider, and he, he had this available to work, was you know, if if he was keeping his store lambs, was it going to have an overall? Uh, you know, it's it obviously having an overall impact on grass demand in the autumn, but he, he had adequate grass uh, there to, 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 to carry them on. Um, looking back there, I mean, at, at, we, at weaning time, if you take the hill lambs, there was, there was over two thirds of those lambs that were, that were 25 kgs plus, you know, probably between 25 and even up to 35 kgs at, at weaning time. And uh, I think through you know, good grassland management and, and putting them onto the best grass available. Uh, you know, Tomas was able to get relatively cheap uh, live weight on those um, lambs before they, they started into the finishing period. And, you know, that, that, that that's key to the, the economics of the system um, is that if you can get them up, uh, you know, to maybe 
35 uh, kgs plus uh, before the start the finishing period. I think there was maybe a, a handful of, of Tomas's lighter hill lambs that were maybe slightly less than 35, but the majority of the, the lambs were over 35 kgs when they when they joined uh, the, the finishing group or the, the, the finishing period. Like Tomas, you're finishing them lambs to full spec. Yeah, yeah, no, they have now the, the few that I've left now they might end up being the light lamb group. Um, because they're I suppose they're just I was looking through them the last day, checking their, their tag numbers, but a lot of them are some of them are actually a couple of them are triplets and a lot of them are they're all twins, there's no singles left on them. So I suppose they're just maybe the bad performers or, or whatever, you know, from yours and whatnot. But I mean it's only a handful, it's not much. So they may go, they'll it'll be after Christmas now, but they may go for the light lamb, which you know, currently at the moment is paying very well at seven fifty a kilo. Um, but you gotta have the condition right, you know, which is important. Otherwise, they'll they won't pay you. But um, they probably will go for the light lamb. I don't think they'll get up to the. They might be a bit longer. You know, they might be in my way if that makes sense. So I'd like to have them gone there now, the first or second week of January, um, just before I go housing, housing the the lowland joes. And probably one of the challenges with some of them smaller frame lambs at the tail end is getting over fat as well. So absolutely, the, the lighter frame, the, the lighter framed lamb, as 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 the season progresses, um, you know, there there can be, you know, there are certain lambs that you're you're not going to shove into the the French weights, um. So again, they're ideal for the for the the, the light lamb uh, market that, that, that Tomas mentioned earlier on. So it is important, um, you know, in any of those um, intensive uh, indoor finishing systems that uh, drafting is is taking place regularly. So uh, because you know it is a high cost system. Uh, and the last thing you want is is lambs to be going overweight. Um, so, you know, Tomas was probably drafting there around the 45, 46, 47 kilos, uh, if you can get them into that weight. And as he said himself, provided they had the, the condition on them. But uh, for the light lamb market, um, you know, if, if they have, if, if they're starting to approach um, being over fat, uh, maybe that's the time to, to, to move them on. Um, and and get them going on the on the light on the the light land market. That was great getting an insight in the system. I most really appreciate you going through it. First, there's been big changes in that farm over the last couple of years. And look, hopefully, we will catch up with you again and find out how the rest of it's going. Thanks very much for your time, lads. Okay, no problem at all. Karen. Okay, thanks. We're going to finish the episode up at this point. You can find out more about Tomas's farm and the progress he's making on the Chocolate Better Farm webpage. I've included the link in the description of this podcast. They're also featured on a monthly basis in the Chocolate Sheep newsletter. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on the Sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chocolate Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.